this episode, even for one tiny second, makes you feel bad, makes you hate yourself, makes makes you fucking furious. Good. Imagine the nameless thousands referenced within and offer them just one more tiny second. Let their loneliness and despair touch you. Let the confusion and, and hatred fill you. Let their unsatisfiable hope in humanity crush you. Hold pride in yourself if these emotions make you feel discomfort. It means that, that you're not broken, not forgotten, that you still exist. goodness the jokes that we just told each other that made both of us laugh like that were so good and uh unfortunately only a wee bit sinister unfortunately you cannot hear them because you can't go into the past and that is where they reside and there is where they shall die christopher that's correct christopher welcome jason to a man humans kind of suck don't they Episode of See No, Hear No, Speak No. You know they do, girl. Along with the UFOs, the conspiracies, and the moitas. Man, the moitas. Birch. Merch or bitch? Bitch. Email us at snhnsnpod at gmail.com. Ask us questions. Get your answers. Or... Maybe, <laughs> maybe just told the fuck off. Maybe just be told uh, the fuck off, know. or tell us that and mean it. Yeah, that's that, that could work. Mean it. Check us out on Instagram with the same under the same name. What? Go fucking figure. How the fuck did we pull that? That is the who show. did you blow? <clears throat> wouldn't you like to know? <clears throat> wouldn't you be jealous? No, because then <clears throat> I would be uh, I would be saddled with a knowledge that I couldn't possibly. Uh, keep inside and I would feel bad when I, I went to, to Fox News and, and stood in front of a podium with a big winter coat on in front of the, some Capitol building up north and said you know I thought I knew him I really did tonight <clears throat> on Fox News That's right. Chris blows a guy for an Instagram page <laughs> not even for the page Why? just for the name <laughs> <laughs> some other douchebag that had it before was like blow me and chris was like okay <laughs> why not <laughs> sounds legitimate i'm not doing anything thursday night um <laughs> so uh tonight's episode 
of this humble little program that we like to call what the thing that we just told you it was called. Sometimes I forget the yes, name yes. the name of our show, Chris. Um Mm-hmm. Is is going to be? Um, <clears throat> is it an introspective or a retrospective? I think it's a. I think it's a retrospective, re- right? Because we're looking retro. We're looking yeah, to the past, not sure. not within, right? Correct. Yes, yes, okay. yes. That's what those two words mean. Correct. Indeed. Yes. Okay. Yes. So uh, this is going to be a somewhat of a retrospective of um, the historical treatment of our our civilizations mentally ill. Um, you maybe not even just our civilization because this shit goes back uh, five hundred thousand years. Uh, usually, um, is is kind of I think that's the earliest they found um, evidence of uh, trepanning, which of course I uh, thank God James isn't here because he would just be screaming, "Oh no!" But that is when they take a uh, you know like a like a not not a drill per se. But it is a drill. But uh, it's like one of those drills that cuts out like a hole instead of like drill bores into a hole. You know what I mean? Uh, like, oh yeah, yeah, like a like a dermal punch. Yeah, like it's got it. Oh, it looks like it's a uh, like a a socket, and but it's got teeth on the end. And they they would strap your head into this thing and and uh, hand crank, hand crank, hand crank, and then no more mental illness because you more than likely bled to death. Whatever, but. There, there's hey, absolutely whatever works. I guess there is absolutely uh, evidence that there were people who survived uh, trepanning. So uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of people think that they would do it for things as as run of the mill as like fucking headaches. You know, to just release release the pressure on the brain, or if there was like a you know a head injury and there's uh, terrible swelling and things like that, you could do that and it would release some of that. Um, I would be afraid that mice would would start living in my head, though. So, or at least spiders. I didn't even think of that part, man. Why'd you have to bring up the spiders? <laughs> now I gotta change. Because, I gotta I mean, change my appointment to another day because now I got some serious thinking to do. Um, <laughs> you don't want rat duties in your head. I can tell you that. I don't want spiders in there either. No, you really don't. I mean, they would keep spider duties are probably gross. But they too. would keep out the other bugs, which is cool, you know. Of course, uh, by yeah, keep, by keep eat out, them and turn them into spider duties. And by keep, yeah, by keep out, I, I mean that they would catch them and eat them inside my head, and then just poop somewhere deep inside my my cortexes, my cortexes, my cortexes, my cortex eye. Whichever works. I I don't I don't I don't really know the plural of that word, but can you imagine? Hearing bug screams in your head as they're being digested with spider juice I, from the inside out. I think that you have uh, perfectly just said something that an actual crazy person that has gone to someone for trepanning has said. Like I just hear the bug screams all in my head all the time, and it's just I can I can I can I can hear the spiders pooping in my brain. <laughs> mm. The spider's pooping in my brain. I, I it sounds think, like. I think we're on to something, and I think it's drugs. Um, I'm going to start out yeah. with this, because this is uh, historically what mental illness was seen as and known as for fucking hundreds of thousands of years. Um, the, the mentally ill were considered social deviants. Satan, right? Or moral misfits that were suffering from a divine punishment for some inexcusable 
transgression. So they... Excusable or inexcusable? Inexcusable transgression. Oh. My my mushmouth apologies. Um, I'm going to excuse you, but first, (laughs) you will suffer from spider duties in your brain. Yes, but first. Um, (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So so this was literally like, if you walked in to... I mean, I was I was gonna say a psychiatrist or a if you walked into like a dude dude's hut that had a um, had a, a, like a chisel, uh, and people went to him uh, when they had like stomach aches and stuff or something for like the moss that only grew in his I don't know uh, uh, the crease of his leg. <clears throat> He's a doctor. That's what I'm saying. Um, mm-hmm. you'd be like, hey. I have schizophrenia and he'd be like, well, I don't know what that is and, and won't for at least 10,000 years. So, uh, it's gotta be demons mm-hmm. and, uh, I'm going to get them fucking demons out of there. If I have to, if I have to punch them out of your balls, you know what I mean? That sounds awful. Yeah. I mean, that's not a specific treatment that I saw, but I'm guessing that at one point in, in some, at some time in human history, Someone was like, I bet if I fucking just really gave him a good one in the sack, those demons would leave him alone. Maybe, but... Um, yeah, no, let's try it. So you're saying your demons need exercising? No, but I'm pretty sure James does. James needs exercising from his demons. Oh, God, I thought you were about to say just period. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, so let's punch him in the sack, and maybe his demons will be like, <laughs> nah, we don't like this guy anymore. Yeah, he gets punched in the sack too often. Um, so Since uh, I'm pretty sure you can't punch demons in the sack? I mean, if and not if they're ladies. <laughs> in the satchel. So, uh, trepanation, <laughs> uh, as we just uh, briefly touched on, was uh, one of the earliest forms of mental health treatment. Uh, it would remove a small part of the skull using an auger bore or a saw, which I don't know how <clears throat> you'd get like a large, uh, a large wild forest dwelling pig to uh, to help you with that. But I mean, I guess they have tusks, you know. But uh, mm-hmm. I would think there would be more um, uh, accuracy needed. But anyway, so. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, trepanation dates from around 7,000 years ago, and it, like I said, was likely used to relieve headaches, uh, mental illness, and even the belief of demonic possession. Um, although we don't know a whole lot about it because it's a thing that, um, you know, is terrifying and no one in their right mind is going to their doctor and saying, Hey, another hole in the head is, I think a good idea, A, and B, I think that the demons in my head think it's a good idea too. You know? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's accurate. Mm. I, I don't think anyone would do such a thing. But, I mean, you never know. It's the religiously hardcore devout might just go with it just, just to remove Satan from their lives. The, the, I, I the I religiously mean. hardcore devout are known for one thing and one thing alone, and that is going with the flow. You know what I mean? Is that right? With Ant Flow? That's gross. You're gross. 
bitch. But accurate. Yes, I know. Also, I'm uh, I'm sending you now uh, personally because the people out there, I don't have all your phone numbers. And the ones that I do, you, they'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> 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 I'm sending you a, uh, a picture. It is... Um, they are engravings from 1525 that show trepanation. Um, you know, it's gross. A, yeah, it's a. I mean, they're engravings. It's not like you can actually see the blood and guts. Although, the the um, the contortions that these faces are making, even just in this in this engraving, are unnerving to say the least. And the the clamps at the end of this mechanism to i guess hold it onto the human head terrifying <laughs> did you get it yet oh wow right that is extra special man it's like it's like uh you got there at happy hour you know and they were like jeez louise oh you thought it was going to be a thing that did a thing uh-uh here's a here's a whole contraption it can fucking make it can make margaritas too if you need it um, it looks like it could actually. Yeah, probably. I mean, it, they'd be brain flavored, I guess. So throughout history, there have been Wakala. there's there have been three general theories of the uh, holy et- shit etiology of mental illness. Uh, these three being supernatural, uh, somatogenic, and psychogenic. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Supernatural theories attribute mental illness to possession by you know demons or devils or or just evil i guess or the displeasure of gods uh, eclipses planetary gravitation curses and sin mostly sin though we saw you touching yourself you did it in the the public square and there's only five of us that live here uh so we're gonna have to we're gonna have to drill some holes buddy <laughs> Uh, and I'm not talking about in the bathroom stall at the airport. Wink, wink. I mean, I mean, we can still do that no. too. It's just not for this. I have a displeasure with your God, and I've never once have I thought such a thing. Well, you know. Um, oh no, this is because the gods are displeased with thou. Oh, with thou? Yeah, with, like, with you. T H O U. Yeah, like they are, they're they're upset at you because of that time that you stood them up at that dance. Remember? Were, oh, that's not the same thing at all. Then man, okay, I got you. They had their braces uh, taken off earlier that day. They let their hair down, and man, when she took her glasses off, she looked like the same exact person but without glasses. But uh, still, you know, uh, I'd say like a serviceable four, and. Um, she had that big poofy dress on. She was like, Chris said he would dance with me. And Chris is like, just really grinding up against some, some floozy. And then, uh, I like Chinese girls. And then, and then, and God was like, yeah, but when's it my, when's, when's it, when is it my turn, man? And that's, that's why, uh, that's why you have the, the devils and such, you know? I ask myself that all the time. You ask yourself that? Gross. Yep. So why is it that I <laughs> want Chinese girls and only get the devil instead? Well, that's because uh, Chinese girls is the devil. Um, oh, Christy Boucher. So somatogenic theories identify disturbances in physical functioning resulting from either illness, genetic inheritance or brain damage or imbalance. 
psycho psychogenic theories focus on traumatic or stressful experiences uh, maladaptive learned associations and cognitions or distorted perceptions so uh the uh the the, the what you call it the uh, somatogenic theories are things that would would fuck with your brain because you got super super ill or and i'm not talking like with the license to i'm talking like you know you got a super bad fever one day and it fucking made you uh it it fucked with your brain (laughs) um or just like genetic you know uh, i'm guessing it's it's more speaking of uh like a a down syndrome type of of uh thing um Mm -hmm. you know uh brain damage or imbalance uh and then the the psychogenic theories uh, that are traumatic or stressful experiences. Uh, so I'm guessing like PTSD type thing like that, like something that you saw right. was so fucked up that it, it changed your brain's functioning, um, which is absolutely a thing that exists. Um, the etiological show. etiological theories of mental illness determine the care and treatment uh, mentally ill individuals would receive as we, will talk about um, an individual believed to be possessed by the devil will be viewed and treated differently from an individual believed to be suffering from an excess of yellow bile. That's right. Yellow bile because they have yellow bile, black bile, blood. And there was the, the fourth one. There's only that. That's those are the, 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 the bodies, what you call it. Um, <clears throat> uh, I think phlegm. I think phlegm was the other one. Um, Phlegm. <laughs> That's phlegm. Uh, their treatments will also differ from uh, exorcism to bloodletting. Uh, the theories, however, are kind of going to be the same. And they will... I, it's weird because they go in this this uh, this circle, kind of, where at the beginning... Um, well, well, we'll get there, but we treated we treated them well and like humans and like sick people. And then we treated them like monsters. And then we treated them like animals. And then we're slowly getting back to uh, realizing that it's a human being with a, uh, a sickness or, you know, not, maybe not even a sickness, but just, a, a de- you know, fuck, I don't, I don't even want to say deformity. What am I trying to say here? Where it's where like the genetic thing where you, you couldn't help it. Jasonism. Jasonism. Yes, I do have uh, a it's minute it does not stick out or anything like that, but i do have an extra vertebra at uh the very bottom of my spine it is called a prim- what it's called a primordial tail and uh it's like something ridiculous like only that eight percent of humanity has it um but it is uh, a deformity of sorts yes wow right you are an animal sir i and i think yeah. you need a trepanation well i'm like a, a pandora's box of surprises where if you open it, you'll find out some neat stuff, but you will also fucking die. Yeah, I got nothing for that, but I believe it 100%. Good. So, mm-hmm. back to mm-hmm. trepanation. Um, it's an example of the earliest supernatural expl- explanation for mental illnesses. Um, they examined prehistoric skulls and cave art from as early as 6500 BC that have been somewhat identified uh hopefully of surgical drilling of holes and skulls to treat head injuries also to treat epilepsy as well as to allow evil spirits trapped within the skull to be released but what about the good spirits that's in there too man you know 
That's right. That's why I never bless people when they sneeze. <sighs> That's right, because you need you need all the something you whatever. Around 2700 BC, uh, China, all of it. Chinese medicine's concept of complementary positive and negative bodily forces, which are the yin and yang. Uh, were attributed uh, mental and physical illness uh, to an imbalance between these forces. So you got a little bit too much yin in there, and I think we're going to have to maybe drill some holes to let some of the yin out, and then the yang can really shine right alongside, you know? Mm -hmm. So as such, Mm -hmm. a harmonious lifestyle that allowed for the proper balance of yin and yang uh, and the movement of vital air was essential. This is fun. Yeah, that makes sense. Because you could tell that they they saw a problem, as as far back in history as this was, they noticed that hey man something's up, and just the fact that they even excuse me, fine. <clears throat> just the fact that they took the time to make an apparatus to drill a hole in someone's head was technically their way of showing that they cared about that person, <laughs> you know? They wanted that person to be better. It's just the only way that they knew to do that was to kill them by drilling a hole in their head. Gross. So uh, in uh, Mesopotamia and uh, Egypt, they found uh, papyrus from 1900 B.C., uh, describing women suffering from mental illness resulting from a wandering uterus huh. later uh later called hysteria by the greeks uh the uterus could become dislodged and attached to body to parts of the body like the liver or the chest cavity preventing the proper functioning of producing varied sometimes painful symptoms as a result the egyptians and later the greeks also employed a somatogenic treatment of strong smelling substances to guide the uterus back to its proper location, usually pleasant odors to lure and unpleasant ones to dispel. Gross. So they'd be like, hey. This whole episode going to be gross? Yeah, it will be. Uh, they were like, awesome. hey, take take this good smelling stuff and like put it right by your crotch, and then your uterus is going to smell that, and it's going to want some of it, so it's going to come back down, and you'll be good. Yeah. Sounds like a plan to me. Mm -hmm. So th that's what air fresheners do. So throughout classical antiquity, uh, oh by the way, these aren't all exactly my words. I'm I'm reading uh, an amazing article on uh, NobaProject.com, uh, and it's uh, on it's just called the uh, history of mental illness. Uh, it's it's fascinating. Um, so throughout classical classical antiquity we see a return to supernatural theories of demonic possession or godly displeasure to account for abnormal behavior that was beyond the person's control uh so temple attendants with religious healing ceremonies and incantations to the gods were employed to assist the healing process hebrews saw madness as punishment from god so treatment consisted of confessing sins and repenting uh, physicians were also believed to be able to comfort the cure comfort and cure madness however so that's odd it says that, uh, you know, the, the Hebrews classically would see someone at, with some kind of maddening mental illness as punishment mm -hmm. that they did something fucked up. And God was like, nope, you, you're a babbling brook now, you know. Um, that sounds accurate. But the fact. Yeah, I would think. The fact that they still uh, believed that doctors and physicians could and did um, comfort and cure 
So they, that's weird that they would, you know, bring them to church and say, repent for your whatevers and confess. Uh, but also, you know, if you don't want to do that, you can just go to the doctor and see what he can do. <laughs> Good luck with that. Yes, it's holes in your head or holes in your heart. Which one? Spider duties. Which one needs the most spider duties? <laughs> <laughs> so Greek physicians uh, would ultimately reject supernatural explanations of mental disorders. And here's where, like, the I'm saying, like, you know, the ebb and flow of it comes along. Um, it was around 400 BC that Hippocrates uh, attempted to separate superstition and religion from medicine by systematizing the belief that a deficiency in or especially an excess of one of the four essentially essential body fluids, the humors, that's what they're called, the humors, um, which is blood, mm -hmm. yellow bile, black bile, and phlegm. I was correct. Sorry, one of, one of my humors is out of, out of balance right now myself. Um, uh, that these, these humors, these four humors, were responsible for uh, physical and mental illness. So as an example, someone who was too temperamental suffered from too much blood and thus you would do some bloodletting. Um, yeah, you know. Jeez. <laughs> um, so Hippocrates uh, also classified mental illness into one of four categories. Uh, epilepsy, mania, melancholia, and brain fever. As you can tell, uh, we only use one of those things uh, still. And like other prominent physicians and philosophers of his time, he did not believe mental illness was shameful or that mentally ill individuals should be held accountable for their behavior. Um Mentally ill individuals were cared for at home by family members, and the state shared no responsibility for their care. Humorism remained mm -hmm. a recurrent uh, somatogenic theory up until the 19th century, when we were like, I mean, I have a horseless carriage uh, that that I got, and then like, um, so you, uh, you're telling me that blood and phlegm and biles of two different colors is is why my wife keeps ripping her hair out and shoving poop in her mouth. Jeez, no. I mean, that's probably... I don't know. I don't, I don't know why a person would ever do such a thing, but exactly. probably because you're an Exa asshole yes. to her. Okay, so let's get beyond the fact that I'm, I'm horribly abusive in every way and that it is mm -hmm. the 1800s and I, I'm a man. I mean, what can I say? You know, the, the rule of thumb is, uh, oh my, <laughs> the rule of thumb is called as such because beating your wife with a stick, uh, is fine unless that stick is larger than your thumb. Um, that yep. does not mean yep. that it's not traumatizing. So, uh, Fair <laughs> enough. uh, the Greek physician Galen rejected the notion of a uterus having an animistic, uh, any my animistic a-n-i-m-i-s-t-i-c mm, i'm gonna say i would say, I'm gonna animistic. say okay yeah so uh the notion of a uterus having an animistic soul he agreed with the notion that an imbalance of the four body bodily fluids would cause mental illness he also opened the door for psychogenic explanations for mental illnesses uh, however by allowing for the experience of psychological stress as a potential um as a potential cause of the abnormality, so uh, just stress in, in general and not some some weird uh, fluids, um, uh, but but his his theories were ignored for centuries. Um, 
And uh, so physicians uh, did attribute mental illness to physical causes uh, throughout a lot of it. But <clears throat> as we can think, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if your humors are an actual physical worldly thing that are inside you, uh, the phlegms and the, the, the bile and the, the bloods is um, that's any anything that would throw off the balance of those would technically be a physical cause, I would think, you know? Yeah, it makes sense. So by the late Middle Ages, um, there was all kinds of shit that was happening, uh, and you know, with and around the Roman Catholic Church. Uh, by the 11th and 15th centuries, uh, supernatural theories of mental disorders again dominated Europe, fueled by natural disasters like plagues and famines. And, um, you know, people saw these things as tools of the devil. They, they thought that... The they thought devil! That, humanity's humanity has has got to have committed some grave injustice against god to to have to to have his ultimate fucking wrath visited upon them you know what i mean it's uh what did you do man why can't you stop touching yourself chris god said that he would kill us all if you did it and you can just keep doing it man and like I'm, I'm I'm scared for my family, Chris, and I'm gonna I'm I just I'm gonna ask you one more time. It's, you gotta you're doing it now. Why are you touching yourself now? Why don't you just you tell me to help me you out? You tell me to mind my business one more perhaps time. Perhaps your family will be safe. And maybe it will. Okay, so I mean, but I I mean I could see. Um, I mean, is it ignorance? Uh, because the knowledge wasn't even there for someone to know about to begin with uh, yeah so that's ignorance not something else because I was a, a, I was under the assumption that ignorance uh, especially the blissful sort was that the information was there but you didn't know it and you didn't know that you didn't know it so you didn't care that you didn't know it because you knew that nothing well according to the uh, theory of the Akashic Record, uh, the information and all of the information in the entire universe that ever was, will be, or is now exists all around you at all mm-hmm. times and always has and always will. Well, so, I, will, I, will, I will thank yeah. you to, uh, to leave your, your weird magic mumbo jumbo out of my goddamn episode about devils. Never. So superstition, astrology, and alchemy uh, kind of uh, took hold. And common treatments included, of course, prayer, <laughs> relic touching, uh, not the kind Chris does, uh, confessions, and atonement. Mm-hmm. Uh, beginning in the 13th century, the mentally ill, especially women, began to be persecuted as witches who were possessed uh, at the height of the witch hunts during the 15th through 17th centuries with the Protestant Reformation having plunged Europe into religious strife, two Dominican monks wrote the Malleus Maleficarum, which we've had an episode about, as the ultimate manual to guide uh, witch hunts. Johann Weyer and Reginald Scott tried to convince people in the mid to late 16th century that accused witches were actually women that had mental illnesses and that mental illness was not due to demonic possession, but to faulty metabolism and disease. But the church's inquisition banned both Mm -hmm. of their writings. I wonder why. Uh, 
So which accurate. hunting did not decline until the 17th and 18th centuries, uh, after more than 100,000 presumed witches had been burned at the stake. Oh, fuck, that's big numbers. That's, that's, that's Rape and Ann King-type numbers right there. Yeah, buddy. I mean, but they at least paced themselves, I guess. Um, <laughs> Them's big boy numbers. That. That's a lot of work, dude. That's a lot of work. It is, it's a bunch, really. It is. Uh, like, that's that's careers numbers. That's what numbers? Career numbers. Oh, yeah, I mean... Uh, if you're gonna go for the the, the that brass ring, you gotta um, um, you gotta really grindstone uh, things, and um, uh, the, there's the the gumption. You gotta you gotta the gumption, you know. You knows it. So modern treatments of mental illnesses are most associated with the establishment of hospitals and asylums, which. Uh, began in earnest in like the 16th century so we're talking 1500s people were like hey maybe we should build a building you know Mm. so just to house them all so we can torture them in private uh not in their privates not not on purpose not yet (laughs) well maybe so such early institutions, uh, missions were, were basically to house and confine the mentally ill, the poor, the homeless, the unemployed, and the criminal. Um, unemployed. Unemployed. Yes, I would be put into wow. one of these uh, dank dungeons of a place, uh, naked, and they would use a manacle to chain my neck to an arm of somebody else, and that arm would be chained to the the right uh, ear of the person next to him and then there would be uh, a string that had a bee on it and they were like go fly your bee you stupid idiots and we'd be like bees hmm. I need work I don't think that's uh, I don't think that's good enough hey bee can I can I apply for a job with you that bee's <laughs> just like buzz so that they don't give me trepanations. Uh, war and economic depression produced vast numbers of undesirables as they were. Um, so they wanted them separated from society. And these institutions were uh, a quick and easy answer for that, basically. Um, two two of mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. most well-known institutions, which are St. Mary of Bethlehem in London, known as Bedlam, and the Hospital General of Paris, which included a La Sepulture. La Petite and La Bicicere, <laughs> I don't know what any of that shit means, uh, began housing mentally ill patients in the mid-16th and 17th centuries. As confinement laws focused on protecting the public from the mentally ill, governments became responsible for housing and feeding undesirables in exchange for their personal liberty. So in other words, All right. crazy people, uh, the other people that consider themselves not crazy kind of don't like looking at you no more and if you just forfeit all of your liberty uh your personal personal liberty in fact we'll make sure that the rain rarely rains on you and that you have something to eat i dig it yeah i mean i i think that it's uh i think it's a fair trade-off uh so uh, most inmates were institutionalized well, against their will. Could have been worse. 
they lived in filth, they were chained to walls, uh, were commonly exhibited to the public for a fee. Um, so mental illness was nonetheless at this time viewed uh, somatogenically. So treatments were similar to those for physical illnesses, uh, purges, bleedings, uh, uh, emetrics, oh wait, no, emetics, E-M-E-T-I-C-S. Do you know what that word means, Chris? Emetics? Yeah. No, I can look it I, up, I, though. So can I, and I think, uh, I think that maybe, maybe you should, I don't know, maybe I should, I am, though. Uh, so a medicine or other substance which causes vomiting. Oh. Emetic. Yeah. Yes. Why not? Let's just puke the devil Emetic. out. Let's do it. <laughs> um, while wildly Sounds inhumane tasty. by today's standards, uh, and hopefully by their standards too, um, this is this is the point Shit. in time where the the worldview of insanity was likened to the mentally uh, they likened the mentally ill to animals. Um, they didn't have the capacity for reason. They couldn't control themselves. They were capable of extreme violence without provocation. Uh, they didn't have the same physical sensitivity to pain or temperature. They could live in miserable conditions without complaint. Uh, so as such, instilling fear was believed to be the best way to restore a disordered mind to reason. So, you know, you make them watch, you make yeah. them go on uh, Fear Factor with that asshole Joe Rogan and uh, and make them eat some Oof. wild animal penis that's not been cooked. and Cave-dwelling spiders and Yes, yeah, spider shit. penis. And right as rain again is what I hear. <clears throat> yes, I hear I things. Some things by the eighteenth, eighteenth century. In my brain, spiders in your. Oh, you Nothing. heard some things Shut in your brain. You know, spiders that was eating other things and pooping them out in your brains. That's correct, Man. sir. I heard it, and now I don't hear it anymore because I am technically just a figment of your imagination. I seen it. I know what happened. So by the mm -hmm. 18th, 18th Continue, century, uh, protests started uh, to rise over the conditions under which mentally ill patients lived. And the 18th and 19th centuries saw the growth of a more humanitarian view of mental illnesses. In 1785, there was an Italian physician, uh, Vincenzo Chiriguri. I'm actually pretty sure I hit that one right on the head. Um, he, yeah, sounds Italian to me. He removed the chains of the patients at his uh, St. Boniface Hospital in Florence, Italy, and encouraged good hygiene and recreation uh, and occupational training. Uh, more well-known, the French physician uh, Philippe uh, Pinal, or P Pinal? Pinal. Uh, this is the guy I've read uh, way more about. Uh, and former patient Jean-Baptiste you know uh, Poussin created a... Uh, uh, Treatment morale at Le Bissiert and the Sepultureterie. <laughs> There's so many accent marks above these words. Um, in 1793 and 1795, that also included uh, calls for unshackling patients, moving them to well-aired, well-lit rooms, and encouraging purposeful activity and freedom to move about the grounds. So these these guys in the uh, the just the the mid to ass end of uh of uh, the 1700s were on the right track they they had they they knew that hey these people aren't animals <laughs> they they're not <clears throat> they're not some kind of weird uh 
packing peanut or some shit like these they're people like uh, that one used to be or i guess still is if we're gonna go by my theory that's like my my cousin over there and i remember one time we went to go visit his family at their farm and um and he was just covered in what i thought was chocolate milk uh, um okay so to his to to to, to his sure credit it could it could just be was. chocolate milk i never asked uh this is actually my first time bringing it up uh it smelled though it smelled but it was so so liquidious that i don't anyway so he used to be my cousin these That's people are people is what awful. i'm saying and i think if we just hosed him off and put him in a room where he could maybe breathe and maybe wasn't uh chained mm-hmm. to the wall and maybe um he could see things like seeing things is kind of important to to people uh a lot of the time i think that maybe we could start with uh you know actually treating these things instead of just trying to bombastically cure them with with drills and such you know (sighs) i wish i didn't know but yes this is a thing this was a thing and you are also a thing bombastic continue that's right in just just straight fucking talk in england humanitarian reforms rose from religious concerns uh william took uh from he was i guess born 1732 and died 1822 that's a 90 year old fucking man (laughs) wow uh he urged the yorkshire society of uh quaker friends to establish the york retreat in 1796 where patients were guests not prisoners and where the standard of care depended on dignity and courtesy as well as therapeutic and moral value of physical work. It's it's odd how progressive at times the Quaker community was in history. Um, I mean, they, they are very steadfastly, uh, you know, stuck in their ways, uh, you know. By progressive, of course, you mean. By by. by the amount of bodies they continued to rack up. I th- well, I think by progressive, I, I really mean that they, uh, they knew that, for, that that people needed that that just basic human dignity, I guess, and that this was the best way to to treat a person without making them less and animal like, you know. Okay, no. that's fine. I don't think that's true at all. So. I think they just like burning people at the fucking stake. No, That's not what the I Quakers. Think. They didn't, you idiot. Didn't they? No, it they? wasn't the Quakers. That was the Puritans. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Man. Well, then the Quakers just ate oatmeal. Okay, They continue. made oatmeal so that they can make other people eat it so that they wouldn't want to masturbate. That is totally true. Well, that's why cornflakes was created. But anyway, um, while America had asylums for the mentally ill, such as the Pennsylvania Hospital in Philadelphia, uh, why is that there? I don't know. Uh, And the Williamsburg Hospital, which was established in 1756 and 1773, respectively, the somatogenic theory of mental illness at the time, uh, promoted especially by the father of American psychiatry, Benjamin Rush. We all know who Benjamin Rush was. No, his mind is not mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. rent. You know, that's all about him. Um, <clears throat> I actually don't think it is. Uh, <clears throat> Makes sense. He led uh, to treatments such as bloodletting, uh, gyrators, which sounds like fun, and tranquilizer chairs. That sounds like fun. We're going to put on some just chill music 
and maybe like some cartoons in the background and you're just gonna sit in this chair man we're just gonna it's a tranquilizer chair you know and uh and we'll see you in a while you know we'll see you in a while like I don't think that guy works here Mm -mm. no funny stuff okay (laughs) when when Tukes no funny stuff when Tukes York retreat became the model for half of the new private asylums established in the United States however uh, psychogenic uh, treatments such as compassionate care and physical labor became the hallmarks of the new American asylum such as the Friends Asylum in Frankfurt Pennsylvania and the Bloomingdale Asylum in New York City which was established in 1817 and 1821 man moral treatments they had to be abandoned you know why I don't appreciate that term at all well I mean um yeah I don't like it either but anyway moral treatments had to be abandoned maybe it's just because I'm fairly morally defunct but at the same time yeah, I think that's an attack on my uh, on my liberties. It's, it's an attack on your demons. That's what it is. Especially on my penis, and that you know I don't. Yeah, that's right. That demon's name is Johnson, and he knows and wants to party. So, um, <clears throat> moral treatments had to be abandoned in America in the second half of the nineteenth century when these asylums became overcrowded and custodial in nature and could no longer provide the space nor the attention necessary. So in other words, <clears throat> we were just sardine packing these fuckers in, right? And just because you add 300 more patients does not mean that you add, you know, whatever the <laughs> whatever the necessary uh, staff would be to care for these 300 new fucking patients. So they just keep getting more and more and more patients sent there by the state and they just can't or won't in a lot of in a lot of situations um care for these people. They don't have the they don't have the money to, they don't have the the manpower or after I'm sure a very short period of time the willpower to continue to treat all of these people, you know, <clears throat> and that's where it gets scary. It's be- willpower, it's, I think, is uh, definitely yeah. a, a big part. Well, it's there. because the the state, if they're the ones that can call you crazy and send you to this place, well, then you, they're going to be sending people just that they don't like a lot of times. Like if you went to one of these places uh, because the state sent you there, that was your life sentence, man. You weren't getting out. It didn't matter if you weren't fucking crazy. If they sent you there, you weren't leaving. Period. So it was also a place to sweep things under the rug <clears throat> and all kinds of other craziness that that we'll get into later. But uh, it was... I've been trying to sweep you under the rug for years. I got to fucking figure out how these people did it. Continue I think, so I I think it's more. shrink rays, I think. Shrink rays. Oh. So... Or big... It was around this time when a retired school teacher uh, whose name was Dorothea Dix. That's right, Chris. That's right, Chris. Dorothea, Mm -hmm. which is uh, your your niece's name, uh, with uh, Dix, D-I-X. So it's French. So it's Dix. Uh, discovered the negligence Don't be that resulted not my niece in the same conditions. sentence as Dix. She went on to advocate for the establishment of state hospitals. Uh, <clears throat> 
Between 1840 and 1880, she helped establish over 30 new mental institutions in the United States and Canada. Uh, and by the late 19th century, moral treatment had given way to the mental hygiene movement, uh, founded by former patient Clifford Beers. That's right, Clifford Beers. With Dixon Beer. Beers. That's, that's Doesn't get no better than that. Dixon Beers. Uh, with the publication of his 1908 memoir, A Mind That Found that found Itself, uh, writing on Pasteur's breakthrough germ theory of the 1860s and 70s, and especially on the 20th century discoveries of vaccines for cholera, syphilis, and typhus, the mental hygiene movement reverted to a somatogenic theory of mental illness. Once again, <clears throat> we, we're weaving in and out, man. We're going to find what part fits our... Our, our uh, civilization at large at that moment. And that is what we're going to think is causing and thus what can cure mental illness. I dig it. Yes. Yes, you would. Of course you would. <laughs> um, like a garden. So they're, they're seeing that. Uh, I mean, and, and as far as a mental hygiene movement goes, that just means it kind of what it sounds like is like we're going to, we're going to cleanse you. We're going to give you this stuff and it's going to be awesome and you're going to be better. And I promise that. And I, you're going to, you're going to love the way you look. I guarantee it. He guarantees it. So uh, European psychiatry in the late 18th century and throughout the, the 19th century uh, kind of struggled between somatogenic and psychogenic explanations of mental illness, uh, particularly hysteria. <laughs> which caused physical symptoms such as blindness or well, yeah. paralysis with no apparent psycho uh, psychological explanation, which hysteria, you know, ah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. hysteria, and says. now I can't see or uh, I'm paralyzed. And now what do you do? Now what Garbage. do you do? Huh? It, yeah, it balls in your court, Christopher. You shut your whole now mouth. What? Give me my ball back. Give me my ball back. I'm going home. So Fran, Franz, sorry, I was going to call him Franz. Franz Anton Mesmer, uh, influenced by contemporary discoveries in electricity, attributed uh, hysterical symptoms to imbalances in a universal magnetic fluid found in individuals, rather than to a wandering uterus because that's just fucking crazy right <laughs> it's the magnets it's the magnetic fluid inside all of us not your stupid wandering uterus <laughs> what an idiot this guy um man james i mean yes wandering uterus uh, yeah, could be uterine. a problem so uterus uh james braid uh then shifted this belief in mesmerism to one in hypnosis thereby proposing a psychogenic treatment for the removal of symptoms. At the time, famed uh, Salpetrerie Hospital uh, neurologist Jean-Martin Charcot and Ambrose Auguste Lebault. And, Jesus, man, each name is getting harder. And Hippolyte Hippolyte Bernheim of the Nancy School in France. It's Okay, their names are fucking impossible. And I'm like, oh, no, what is the school going to be called? This is going to kill me. The Nancy School. <laughs> so <laughs> the school for Nancy's, basically. They were engaged in a I bitter uh, 
ideological battle over hysteria, with uh, Charcot maintaining that the uh, hypnotic suggestibility underlying hysteria was a neurological condition, while uh, LeBolt and Bernheim believed it to be a general trait that just varied in the population. Uh, Well, uh, Josef Brewer and Sigmund Freud, that's right, the Sigmund Freud, would result... Dr. They would Freud. resolve the dispute in uh, in favor of a psychogenic explanation from the mental illness by treating hysteria through hypnosis, <clears throat> which eventually led to the cathartic method that became the precursor for psycho- psychoanalysis during the first half of the 20th century. So now we're coming into a stage where <clears throat> we're still not exactly sure what's causing these things, but we're finding that... Um, Dealing with the brain, uh, even in a hands-off manner, if you can find the right words or way to explain something to somebody or or just uh, suggestion, you know, it can it can also start to rewire or to just make clear something that isn't in things of the nature, you know? Yeah, no, no, that makes sense. Which is it. It's Unlike weird. yourself, normally? It's fucking, it's totally weird how much uh, the human brain can be changed uh, irreparably, irreparably so by just suggestion of things. <coughs> yep, that's always been a strange thing to me. The power of suggestion. That, that's, I like, and, uh, when perfectly normal completely sane people join a cult that ends up killing itself by drinking Kool-Aid by the tens of hundreds. I'm like, how did this person talk these perfectly sane, logical people into moving to the jungle to drink Kool-Aid? Into moving to the jungle. Yeah, that, that part right there. I, is I like, mean, I, no, jungles are hot. You go fuck yourself. Yeah, there there were plenty of them too. Like you said, tens of hundreds. I, I, now that place must have smelled awful before and after the Kool Aid was uh, drank. People had nice little plots of land and shit there too. Like, you know, they had. Now, anyway, we'll talk about Jonestown another day. Um, so, psychoanalysis was the dominant psychogenic treatment for mental illness during the first half of the 20th century, providing the launching pad for more than 400 different schools of psychotherapy found today. Um, most of the schools cluster around uh, the broader behavioral, cognitive, cognitive behavioral, psychodynamic, and client-centered approaches to psychotherapy applied in individual, marital, family, or group formats. Negligible differences have been found amongst all these approaches. Uh, however, their efficiency in treating mental illness is due to factors shared among all of the approaches, not particular elements specific to each. Uh, so in other words, the, we, we've been able to, to compartmentalize all kinds of, uh, of you know, uh, psychotherapy that can be used uh, in a positive way to help people with mental illness, um, behavioral, cognitive, cognitive behavioral, and, uh, psychodynamic, and client-centered. I don't know what client-centered means, really, but uh, I guess by context, we can all tell. Um, and then... Even further, you know, you can take each one of those uh, 
and put them into uh, the a, a marital individual family or group in ways to treat and then they're all kind of treated the same way it's saying um and they're the efficiency in treating is due to factors shared among all the approaches and not particular elements specific to each so in other words just just because you are in uh family behavioral uh psychotherapy it doesn't mean that the same uh, approach to to treating that and taking care of you and 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 giving you uh, help is any different from somebody in cognitive behavioral uh, individual psychotherapy. Um, it mm. it's all very uh, Venn diagrammy, you know. It's all very treatable with spider yes. duties. In contrast, the leading somatogenic treatment for mental illness can be found in the establishment of the first psychotropic medications of the mid 20th century uh restraint restraints mm-hmm. uh electroconvulsive shock therapy and lobotomies would uh continue to be employed in america uh in the institutions until the Holy 70s shit. that's right until the 19 fucking 70s um well restraint i can understand right but Right. It, yeah. Exactly. But um, you know, I don't know. They they in the seventies, uh, those quote unquote treatments, I guess, uh, were pushed aside uh, amongst the uh, budgeting pharmaceutical industry. <laughs> um, of of oh, course, yeah. that uh, also yeah, that's and much more lucrative. True, a lot of the time, view mental illness as a chemical imbalance in the brain, which. Uh, pharmaceuticals can help can help correct uh sometimes even cure you know <clears throat> but what if it's satan he likes drugs didn't I you mean, know that yeah i mean but if you make satan your friend you know what i mean he's just like uh <clears throat> i've through drugs from then on i think right mm-hmm. uh-huh. see i like when you do that like, or is it a low there. five mm-hmm. i dig it both I think you have to touch tips with Satan before he's your friend. Both ideological theories uh, coexist today in what the psychological discipline holds as the bi-psychosocial model of explaining human behavior. While individuals may be born with a genetic predisposition for certain psychological disorder, certain psychological stress stressors need to be present for them to develop. So just like... Um, you know it the, the okay. what was it called the triad the trifecta whatever it was uh that right. uh that uh Richard Chase had where he's pissing the bed and he's he's killing animals and whatever right now and a bump on the head now right he, right uh, th- there's usually got to be a uh some kind of psychological stressor that activates <clears throat> those those predispositions i guess you know which is usually uh-huh. a head injury, as as far as most of the uh, serial killer episodes that we've done goes, but some kind of some kind right. of trauma uh, that happens to a person that is already predisposed to have these will make this happen. Now, somebody who does not have these predispositions uh, that goes through the same kind of trauma. I, I had head injuries when I was a kid, and I didn't fucking kill animal or person one. You know. Um, that's just not once, I mean, I, multiple that's times. That's just the dice that we were rolled, man. Um, 
now so yeah i'm pretty sure most of the time that that that's going to be the case is is um you know that's just the way the dice were rolled in the beginning but uh i mean bumps on the head that that has definitely been proven to scramble things up a bit and uh, sometimes give people superpowers and sometimes make them raving fucking lunatics. So I think I, um, superpower I think it's a fair statement. Fair. <laughs> well, I mean, how do you explain? Never mind. There's several cases where I wouldn't say superpowers in the in the case of like a fucking comic book hero, but superpowers in the in the sense that fucking. No other human on the planet has ever had this happen to them and could ever do this on their own without having experienced something that triggers it. Right, 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 right. Well, I, I will I will thank you to refrain from using the phrase superpowers unless it pertains to comic book superheroes from now on. Ah. I said well, good day. Okay. I was going to ask you to refrain from something as well, but I will keep that to myself. Okay, sir. Um, <laughs> you so, so, uh, have no sociocultural hope in doing factors so. such as uh, sociopolitical or economic unrest, poor living conditions, or problematic interpersonal relationships are also viewed as, uh, <clears throat> you know, uh, as psychological stressors that could that could contribute. Uh, however, um, you know, touching tips with yes. Satan—that's what I was going to say. Continue. Yes. Shut up your face, but continue anyway. At the same Do time. Do what? Do it <clears throat> what now. Never mind. Just go. God okay, damn. so we all know fucking that guy. it doesn't matter how much we want to uh, disbelieve or believe the effectiveness of any of these treatments, right? Like, uh, yeah, like hopefully, you know, some, some drugs will do you good and, uh, everybody will be happy and, and healthy and, and willing to, to, to hold hands in Kumbaya, uh, just as much as the next guy for the rest of all time. Uh, but drool on each other and stuff. Yeah. The, the age in which we currently live, which is the present is literally always, no matter what the, the peak of enlightenment for us. It is the most knowledgeable. It's 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 every 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 age before this one is assholes and stupid because we're right. the best. We're number one in O'Doyle rules. Yeah, I'm not sure that applies to Gen Z necessarily, or at least not most of them. But yes, yes, that that's what they all think. Continue. So, um, the problem is, uh, you know, hopefully. Maybe we are, maybe we're not. Maybe we're hurting more than we're helping in the long run. Maybe we are the the benevolent gods that we all like to believe that we are. Um, but, uh, you know, some, some things have yet to even be explained, uh, much less uh, fixed or, or, or helped or, or coddled or, or whatever. Like, there's so... Even this attempted is, at treatment. The research for this episode has been a really fucking crazy time for me because just learning of you know the the history of it and when people finally would say you know no enough is enough 
and you know but uh when like who knows if that's gonna have to come again or if we have got it nailed down but it's been this crazy you know in and out weaving of of these different uh beliefs and of of everything for such a long fucking time that how could we be so uh presumptuous as to think that we have it right because um, that's all we can do honestly <clears throat> i mean besides actually knowing that we probably don't and we're gonna try this anyway uh which you know cannot be admitted to the public because then they would never go for it but uh that's why big pharma's got so much money man well no big pharma's got so much money because heroin is in a pill and you can get it from a doctor well yeah because it supposedly helps yeah just because they they put the warning label on it you know that makes I think it that okay means that they care you know um <laughs> 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 so uh now i would like to uh go through some 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 more specific treatments that that were used in oh, these yeah. different eras of thought um, let's get nasty. If, if that's if that's good here, uh, you know the prehistoric we kind of already already talked about with the uh, trepanations with the 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 hole drillings, which is super super bonking super each other on the head with clubs and stuff. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Then there's uh, you know the Greco-Roman uh, area of thought that rejected the idea of demonic possession. But sex. they would actually uh, oh they would give uh, people they would say like hey. You should get out and uh, learn how to dance, you know, or like uh, you like uh, let's let's sit well, down and, and play uh, cards for a while and shit. Like, yeah. Um, it, mm. it, Plato himself said that mentally ill uh, people were not responsible for their own actions and so should not be punished. He would emphasize the role of social mm. uh, social environment and early learning in the development of mental disorders and believed it was the responsibility of the community and their families to care for them in a humane manner using rational discussion. What? what, what, what? Discussion. <laughs> this, this is in fucking is sometime around 429 to 347 BC. This is a smart guy. Yeah, you know? I mean, I dig him, man. He's a smart guy doing smart guy stuff. Talking about, you know, I mean, like he was all like. Bad. They did like, a hey, lot man, of that, I'm though. Sit in this chair, yo, and and then I'm gonna put some cartoons on and some like chill music, right? And then like, and then like I'll see you in a little bit, you know? Yeah, I'm Plato, you know. We shall consort the oracle. That's right. She's naked, guys. You should see it, but you totally can't, cause only I can, because I'm Plato. Yep, I said consort, but of course I meant consult uh, before I you assholes go and consult. Hmm. Man, no. I hope you did. But, I mean, consorting with and consulting uh, are kind of sort of the same thing, right? I mean, if you're talking about the the loving time. But sex. I'm talking about but I'm not. Sex. Jesus Christ. So in the Middle Ages, uh, 500 AD to 1500 AD, it's a long time. We went back to mm-hmm. thinking that, uh, that devils was the whole thing, you know? Like a... Mm-hmm. group hysteria or mass madness was seen in large numbers of people displayed uh where they had uh you know uh, symptoms uh that were the same like like our mass dancing episode the uh, saint vitz disease episode which was yep, a fun yep. one 
Uh, you should listen to that. It was good. Uh, but this was. also included the belief that one was possessed by wolves or other animals and imitated their behavior called lycanthropy. And, yeah. See. Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, and, I know of it well. Huh? I said I know of it yes. well. And, and did you know that the St. Vitz uh, dance disease is actually called uh, tarantism? It's a mania in which a large number of people have an uncontrollable desire to dance and jump. Like raving? The later, the, the latter. Uh, the, the latter was believed to have been caused by the bite of the wolf spider, now called the tarantula, and spread quickly from Italy to Germany and other parts of Europe, where it was called St. Bits Dance. <clears throat> oh, this was before ecstasy. I see. Uh, before ecstasy, but after LSD. Mm. Perhaps. Yeah, yeah that sounds perhaps. right. I mean, mm-hmm. I, uh, never mind. So, uh, you know, a lot of the, the thought behind the supernatural creeping its way back into the, the thought process of, of, of mental illness in the Middle Ages uh, kind of makes sense with uh, the bubonic plague uh, killing up to a third of the population of the earth. Yup. Could you fucking imagine if one in three people dead? Uh, I mean, it might, that might not be the worst thing that I could think happen that el- to elbow, the planet elbow these days. Would come back in a big way, but it, it would big smell way. Awful. big way. Elbow room, man. I would. Yeah. <sighs> Take that stupid mask off and fly in a plane. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So the now, signs in restaurants would read, uh, these tables closed because there's a dead guy sitting there. Oh, gross. So now yeah. uh, you keep your mask uh, on the, because the, he's the Renaissance, uh, 14th to 16th centuries. Uh, of course, that was uh, where humanism rose or the worldview that emphasizes human welfare and the uniqueness of the individual. Um <clears throat> <laughs> the uniqueness of the individual that means Satan well yeah because that is when the Malleus Maleficarum was, was written <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so uh, I knew you know, uh, mental illness witches and such man the most famous example of course Salem Witch Trials of 1692 which more than 200 people were accused and 20 were killed that seems like I mean 10% I mean come on now that's not terrible that's baby numbers. Right? Am I wrong? No, I mean, that's... We, you talked about 100,000 earlier, yeah. so 20? That's baby yeah, numbers. Yeah, I think that the most famous example should be something better to be famous about. Um, this is this is also yeah, when... The uh, Catholic you know, Church asylums, killed uh, and burned uh, way more people than that. What was that? I said the Catholic Church killed and burned way more people than that over a 500-year yeah, period. Dicks. Idiots. Yeah, we haven't talked about that yet. I'm I'm building <clears throat> up to it. Gross. Um, this is also when uh, asylums and uh, places of of the like would take these these uh, poor people in. Um, but then when they realized there were far too many people afflicted with mental illness uh, to be left in private homes, they put them here. And then uh, like they 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 converted monasteries into asylums and uh, uh, man. With all the people, they they were animals. They weren't. They were no longer treated like human beings uh, because they 
like I said, they didn't know fucking how to do it. They didn't know, they didn't have the staff to do it. They didn't have, they couldn't effing do it. <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, yeah, the money involved. I mean, I was going to say, you know, in, in, instead of treating them when they don't know how, really all you got to do is keep them in a room and feed them at least. Yeah. You know, clean up the yeah. boops. But other than that, like, like as long as they're not hurting that, other people, that's I guess. when, uh, you know, you, you read the uh, you know patients were chained up they were placed on fucking public display uh crying out in pain the asylums became a tourist attraction for sightseers they'd pay a penny to view the more violent patients <sighs> yeah i'm pretty sure that's not the way to treat them yeah it, it's it's really 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 um the, treat as in medically yeah, not like that's not know. how you help someone's illness <laughs> um Right, and then there was uh, the reform movement of the 18th to 19th centuries of the moral treatment uh, that occurred in in Europe, where they were like, no, they're people. We should uh, let them outside uh, to exercise, uh, to remove those chains. Uh, sunny, well ventilated rooms. Uh, no, no more dungeons, please. No more dungeons. And uh, you know, uh, let's maybe be uh, kind and support these people instead of uh, chaining them to dungeon walls and and pay letting people pay a penny to gawk you know <clears throat> oh yeah now now yes wait pennies for cock what is that what, what you said you said people paid pennies for cock i mean in some more that specific is... stories that we'll talk about next week but uh this week no uh they were to gawk that sounds like something i need to get into um but uh this approach was money. so it was such such an improvement that uh, for a lot of patients, uh, that a, a bunch were it just ended up to be released because they had effectively been cured, which is kind of crazy, right? No, it's no, no, it's okay. not. But it is. Okay. You know, it, it's a thing, I guess. I mean, to let somebody exercise and then they feel better. Yeah, I guess that works. I mean, you got to sweat out the demons, and uh, that that fucking sweat chocolate cake out that you ate last the night. The demons, so. uh, and then we get to like the Benjamin Rush era in in the United States, where he did advocate for the humane treatment of the mentally ill and showing them respect. And <laughs> this says here, even giving them small gifts from time to time. Hey, here's yeah. a thimble. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> button for your troubles but despite the small gifts and such uh his treatment still involved bloodletting and, and purgatives uh the invention of the tranquilizing chair and get this a reliance on astrology showing that even he couldn't escape from the beliefs of the time hey those stars up there i don't like the way that they're lined up here's some stuff to make you throw up a bunch <laughs> <laughs> like a, a whole they bunch they say you're though. crazy <laughs> give me some blood oh man so uh you know no. that that's uh let's say, then we get 21st century which we've we've lived through uh most of us have you know what i mean um what gross. do you mean gross what are you some kind of idiot because if you is you you you, you you totally should be in one of these these places i think is uh is the the hypothesis that that i'm I'm trying to put out to the world here, possibly even a theory, you know, but mostly, 
Tranquilizing chairs nowadays give massages <laughs> of the shiatsu variety. Mm. That does sound delicious. Um, <laughs> Fuck yeah. So um, there were just, you know, crazy shit. Uh, I, let's see. I, blah, 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 blah. Ah, man. What do you think of all this stuff, man? I don't. Why not? Uh, well, I mean, I'm I'm trying to just listen. Oh, okay, well, listen some more. Also, because uh, <laughs> I genuinely have no jokes for this. It's it's yeah, no, it's serious it's shit. It's, it's scary, serious shit that uh, that we could that we could uh, force force such a situation on the most needing of our our compassion and and. And knowledge, really, that we could force these people to to be less than people, which of course didn't help anyone. I mean, and the scary part is, is is the the cattle years lasted a long fucking time. So there were people that were born in asylums that died in asylums, never once being shown a kindness or the sun. That is fucked up. But kept alive. Because it would be inhumane so, to kill these people. Let's just put them in deep, dank boxes under the fucking kitchen sink and forget about them. So what was it? Was it thought that a crazy person having a baby made a crazy baby? Um, no, is not necessarily. <clears throat> but did... if an unwed mother were to give birth in an asylum with no uh, immediate family uh, to to claim the child yes that child would uh would not leave that's that asylum i'm sure that happened quite a bit then because like you said normally people would just put them in there and forget about them on purpose exactly exactly why would they claim them especially if you know they thought it was the devil because you know why couldn't the devil be born into a baby? I don't know because I mean that's came literally what the devil what the Malis Maleficarum talks about. <laughs> um, so uh, there there were hypotheses that I must that, be on uh, the right track that uh, near death experiences uh, would help the mentally ill. Uh, I guess maybe snap back into it. Um. Okay. Yeah. So. Uh, because they had uh, stories uh, dating back to like Roman times of people who had been shipwrecked and nearly drowned, and as a result of nearly drowning, had recovered their wits. Uh, these people, who had previously been mad, <laughs> uh, you know, I heard this story once. You did what? Yeah, and uh-huh, uh-huh, I'm listening. No, nothing. I was trying to make it up, but no. I mean, this this actually kind of makes sense, though. Really. Yeah, it, it's like I mean, the slapping someone in the in face a way. to to bring them back to to reality. You know. Um, so, yeah. I don't know that you should forcibly almost kill somebody, mm-hmm. but at the same time. Well, this is when the hypothesis uh, led. Doesn't mean you shouldn't. Uh, caregivers, caretakers, whatever, uh, to uh, strap mental patients into chairs and cages and lower them into the water. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is a quote when the bubbles stopped rising you yanked him or her back up and hope she had survived the process and been restored to her senses 
says Professor Skull. Uh... That's right, Professor Skull, S-C-U-L-L. Because <laughs> if she Even floats... if that's Shul. No, that's Professor Skull. <laughs> what the fuck? That's awesome. Oh, here's the... Uh, I got lots of pictures to send you because it's great. The spinning mental She's... patients until they vomited and emptied their bowels was another example in which researchers tried to shock people back to sanity. <laughs> oh, my God. That is oh, awful. Oh, it's bad. Uh, uh, Professor Skull said the word tranquilizer did not first apply to sedative drugs but to a restraining chair. The tranquilizer looked a bit like an electric chair, he said. Uh, your arms and legs were uh, mm. pinned to the chair. You had a closed stool beneath in case you evacuated your bowels. There was a padded headrest that went over your you shit eyes and ears. Yes? Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, mm-hmm. It cut off all sensation. It prevented you from moving. And supposedly it reduced the flow of blood to the brain. Cool water was then poured on the person's Jesus. head and hot water on the feet to draw things away. So there's a logic to some of these devices, but they do not seem to us very bizarre. That's fuck what? <laughs> That's torturous. Dude, I mean, the chair to say uh, the, okay, to have yeah, no other word for it. I can do this pretty quick. I love I love the fact that you can see the toilet part of the chair in in this picture very well. Um, and the guy who uh, is sitting and said uh, t- torture chair uh, the thoroughly nonplussed. Thoroughly nonplussed by the situation. I've, I've considered a chair with a turlet in it many times. Oh, it is. Uh, it's terrible. It, you know what? It looks like he's got like a maybe like a really old school Oculus headset on, and he's strapped into <laughs> into a chair that he can poop in. Like a throne within a throne. Like a like a like a throne that's got a poop hole in it. That, well, that's I know I that's what you meant, Chris. I just wanted to say poop hole. Um, <laughs> okay, did you get? Did you get it? It's because it's good. Mm-hmm. Negative. Oh, man. It's sending. It's I send such high quality photography to you that it takes forever. Um, sending, sending. And so uh, these kinds of inventions and such were only really made possible by the fact that. Uh, these people with mental illnesses were were seen as almost dead anyway while they were alive. They had lost all of their rights, uh, and, and being mad, as it were, was such a desperate condition that any kind of desperate remedy could be tried. Um, they had limited success, Jesus. oddly enough, with, with the cures, quote-unquote, um, that most, especially state-run facilities, uh, became very overcrowded, um, which then uh, called bad. for the the you know mass closures worldwide of them in the late 1900s. But anyway, what would you say? <clears throat> I said I fucking bet they were overrun yeah. real yeah, quick. It's pretty bad. Um, mentally ill, worse off than before. I believe so, because community care is uh, more a fiction than fact. What we've seen happen is a reversion to the kinds of conditions that provoked the reformers in the early 19th century to argue for the construction of asylums. It's really uh, become something of a cruel joke, is another uh, another quote here from Professor Skull. Um, so the burden 
of and yes it technically the care of these people uh, can and will become quite the burden for people who are not prepared to do so and who have not consented to do so because this is this is when they close all the asylums well guess what uh the inmates now are the guys asking you for change outside of the store who won't fucking take no for a goddamn answer and who are violently asking demanding the the change that doesn't exist in your pocket you know right and then rummaging through said pockets when you claim no man i only use plastic i promise how come they're never like well go 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 to atm over there and give me money (laughs) oh i've had them do that yes Yes. they will not all of them most of them won't but i i totally have had them do that i've had them do that and i always say I stole this from some other sucker, so I don't even know the PIN number. <laughs> Ooh, message. Got it? Oh, that does look like an archaic Oculus, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, it kind of actually looks like something you'd like maybe even want to sit in for a while and just like chill and, uh, you know, watch cartoons and maybe listen to some chill music, you know, and like I'll be back in a little while. Just, you know, just take care of yourself. Minus the straps. I like it. As soon as I'm, as soon as I'm like, told I can't move, like I start getting itchies like immediately. So like I can only yeah. imagine. I I I have I only imagine. <clears throat> I have the very same um, problem. I, I I didn't used to be claustrophobic, uh, or like uh, restraint um, terrified of <laughs> uh, until the, uh, after mm-hmm, the first time mm-hmm. I went to jail. Then I became like severely claustrophobic. If I'm in a, a, a place that I feel I can't breathe in, I start uh, really having problems. Um, but if you if you res- try to restrain me in some way or like even like I remember last time I had to have a cast. Um, I was like, this is I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. And I had to cut it off of me and put like a like a brace type uh, cast on instead because it literally was driving me fucking insane that I, that something out there said you can't touch your arm because this is there for months. Oh God, which is ridiculous. That's, that's fine. You're one of them. But at the same time, I was like, no, they're trying to fucking kill me. (laughs) You're totally one of these people. A traumatic experience made you now, and you know what? I would say that that is uh, somewhat uh, true. Yeah, I wouldn't say loop did he do because that's just stupid sounding. But I would say, well, no, you were already loop did he do, but now you're Kukuma Jew. Man, you and the Jews. When are you gonna get over it? Uh, <laughs> that's it. We're giving you butt trepanations. Well, I mean, on that on that note, really, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say that you've just listened to. Uh, an informative yet depressing episode of See No, Hear No, Speak No. <laughs> That's right. The UFOs, the conspiracies, eh, not necessarily on purpose, Moitas, but I'm sure lots of people died at other people's hands. Um, one thing I did notice, though, here before we go mm-hmm. ahead and jet, is that in this picture of this uh, tranquilizing right. chair, yes, it does have a, a duty bucket uh-huh. at the bottom. But they left his pants on. <laughs> I noticed that too. <laughs> and I'm like, maybe they just cut a so, hole in his pants. 
it, they either cut the butt out of the pants or they just they just put the bucket there for show. It's and, there to catch uh, the juices, really. It's it's the essence catcher. That, that's right. <laughs> Strained poopins. God, that's fucking disgusting. I hate you and me all the time. All the time now. I hate both of us. <laughs> I'm sure plenty of other people in the world do, too. At but there's the point. people that still dig us, too. And I, yes. I appreciate them. And, and we appreciate you. And keep on appreciating, man. That's all we need. That's all we need. Keep on trucking. And on that note, thank you, Christopher. This was a, a good, fun episode. And next week, um, I mean, if things change, because things fucking change in our world all the time, I apologize. But next week, uh, it is planned to do somewhat of a, a part two on uh, the, the care of the mentally ill, but we are going to uh, touch more on specific cases of uh, of the uh, the mistreatment and the the good goddamn reason for the mistrust of of these places and how maybe things could be better or maybe they could be worse. I don't know. I haven't done all the research for it yet, but it's going to be fun. It's going to be laugh a minute. And we are going to make Chris look like an asshole. Guaranteed. Hey. Countdown. Hopefully there won't be too many spider duties. Three. Two. Dos. And an intellectually unwell one. one. Good night, children. Later, kids.